your child headed towards a cliff, a fiery building, or a tidal wave of water. And yet so many parents say, quote, I don't want to get involved, unquote, or I don't want them to think I don't trust them or that they're incapable, or I don't want them to get angry with me. All of these statements are very selfishly focused on the person saying them. The kid is going to crash and burn, and the parent or the adult who claims to love them is more worried about the outcomes if they get involved instead of the damage that will happen to the child. What is going on here? Why do so many of us as parents become so selfishly and refuse to intervene when we see our children using their agency, their choices to be destructive? Parents, we have one job and one job only, and that is to direct our children towards principles of truth, which means talk with them, intervene on their behalf, support them to see the distortions, let them know that you don't trust them because they're, they're kids. They're not meant to be trusted. They're meant to be guided. When you see them in distortion, then you guide those choices, hold boundaries with them until they evidence to you that they know how to choose principles of being honest, responsible, and humble. Are you willing to truly love them? Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Jody Hildebrandt. Welcome to another episode of the Connections Podcast, where we help you create joy in your life and in your relationships. Start your training today at ConnectionsClassroom.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Connections Coaching, or join our private Facebook group, Moms of Truth, with Jody and Ruby. Here's our question. I need help with my 17-year-old son. Recently, he's been hanging out with these new people who I don't like. Me and my husband think they're the kind of kids that drink under the bridge near where my husband golfs. I'm seriously concerned, but I don't want to come off like I don't trust him. Because I do. I don't trust his friends not to get him into trouble. Okay, that's an important piece right there that she just told us. She's not holding her son accountable. She wants to hold his friends accountable because his friends are the ones that are going to get his son, her son into trouble. Can you see how that's irresponsible of the mom? Um, he had a falling out with his best friend's sweetheart of like six years and has been super depressed. And I've been telling him to go out and make new friends, but now I regret that. I really want him to be happy, but I can't help but worry. Should I butt in? or hope he comes to this conclusion himself. So she has a, a, a young man who is on the brink of becoming an adult. And um, I don't know what he's going to do when he becomes 18 years old, if he's going to leave or if he's going to stay in the home. Either way, right now she is parenting. So mom, I'm going to talk to you. Let's look at principles. Let's look at what's honest, what's responsible, and what your responsibility is to teach your son. So you are still the parent of him. And so when you say, should I butt out? That's not even an option to butt out. You are a mother and you will be a mother until you are dead. You'll be a mother. Now, will you be parenting during that whole time? No. And being a mother is different from parenting. 
Being a mother means you're always awake and you're always paying attention and you're always being curious about what your children are doing, whether they're two or 32 or 57. You're always curious. And then when you see something that concerns you, then you ask questions about it. That's what you do when you're not parenting any longer. Now, you're not in that category yet. You still are parenting. So not only do you not butt out when you're 57 or when they're 57, you don't butt out when you're actively meant to parent. So that's not an option to butt out. And the only way that you don't get to give your opinion or ask questions is if your child says, I don't have any contact with you, then, then they cut you off. But don't ever butt out of your child's life, ever. They need you. Well, they need you in truth. I don't, I don't know if you're in truth or not, but they need a mother and a father that lives in truth. That's what they need. So you're saying my son has these friends and you're worried about the friends being a bad influence on your son. Well, have you ever been concerned about your son being a bad influence on them? Do you think that way? Or do you immediately say, oh no, my son's the good one. Because my hunch is the other parents are saying the same thing about your son, that he's a bad influence. The reality is when people hang around other people, whether they're kids or whether they're people at work, when people come together and they are attracted to each other, attracted, they're drawn to each other, they're either drawn to each other in truth or they're drawn to each other in distortion. And so if these kids are out making choices that are destructive, your son is just as destructive because he's drawn to that. He's participating just like they are. And you're seeing him as a victim. And he's not. He's a participant. And so I'm inviting you as his mother to see him clearly. Now, he may not be doing the same things that they're doing. He may not be whatever they're doing. And he's with them. So he's at a minimum an accomplice of what it is that they're doing. If not, he's participating in it. But please don't see him as this injured, fragile little thing that someone's going to negatively impact. All of these kids have been impacted with adverse things. Someone has invited all of them. These other kids are not bad kids. They're misguided. They're unboundaried. They're using their agency to be destructive. Do they need to be accountable for that? Absolutely. Are they bad? No. They're all souls and sons and daughters of God, all of them. So your son needs help and these other kids need help. I know that you're not responsible for the other children and I am helping you. I'm inviting you to see that those kids are just as lost as your son is. And do they need friends? Yes, they need friends. They need friends, seriously need friends that are in truth. And your son is not a friend in truth, obviously. And those boys are also not friends in truth. So he needs friends that are actually going to reflect truth to him. So until he can find those, you are responsible as his mother to what you call butt in. So how do you get involved? You sit him down and say, son, I'm aware of, and then you tell him what you're aware of. And you say, and I'm concerned that you are participating in, and you tell him what you're concerned. And you let him know that as long as you are parenting him, that you're not going to just allow this kind of behavior to go on. This isn't about him figuring it out. This is not about him waking up and saying, oh, these are inappropriate choices. This is about you, and hopefully there's a dad, it sounds like there is, getting involved and putting some boundaries around your son. 
Now, I can already hear where you might go. If we do that, he's not going to let us in his life. He's going to shut down. He's going to... And it's it's amazing how many people um, don't parent because they're afraid of their child's choice to react like that. And it's the darndest thing. It's like, so... So your kid's on fire and you're not going to jump on him and smash the fire out because you're afraid that they might be angry when you're done smashing the fire out and never see you again. What? And, and you know, you're probably like, well, if he's on fire, I'd do it. It's like, oh, well, your son's on fire. Your son's on fire. He's ablaze. And he needs direction. He needs intervention. He needs someone to jump on him figuratively and smash the flames out. And if he gets up and says, how dare you do that to me? You look at him and say, of course I'd do that. I'd do that again if you were on fire. It's my job. I love you. It's what love does. Love jumps on you and smashes the flames out because you're too disconnected and too numb to recognize you're on fire. Do you like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss a show by subscribing to our podcast now or go to connectionsclassroom.com and click transform with Jody. So if you're going to react and punish me as a result of me taking the, you know, getting the flames off you, so be it. But I do it again because I love you. Love is not a transaction. Love says, I'll do whatever's necessary because I love you regardless of how you respond. I don't transact with you. I love you. So are you one of the parents that does transactions? Because most parents do. If I do this, then they're going to do that. So I'm not going to do that. Even though you know that's what they need. If your child steals something from the store, I remember talking to a parent. They, they were multimillionaires. This young girl had all the money in the world. And she would just for fun go steal things from a store. And I would say to her, I pray for you to get caught and go to jail. She was like 14. She laughed. <laughs> Is that funny? I'm like, no, it's not funny. And she knew that her parents would never hold her accountable. They would never allow her, if she got caught shoplifting, to have the consequences. They would use their money to get her out of that. She knew it. So she kept stealing. And why would her parents not hold her accountable? Why would they not give her the consequences of the choices that she made? When I say her parents give her, what I mean is let the consequences follow. You make choices, you have consequences. And the parents would interrupt them because they didn't want her to be around all those hoodlums in jail. It's like, your daughter is a hoodlum. Don't you get it? She just wears really rich clothes so she doesn't look the part. But her soul is a hoodlum. Her soul is destructive. Her soul is rebellious towards truth. And they claim they love her up and down, left and center all day long. They don't love her. They're selfish. They don't want to have the outcomes. They don't want their name being connected to a daughter that's in jail or in juvie. And they don't want her to destroy her future. <laughs> I'm like, the only one that's destroying her future is, and it's, it's, you're ensuring it is her. And you blocking the outcomes by not jumping on top of her and smashing out the flames is you are ensuring that this behavior will continue. So I've just given you two examples. I know they're analogies, but two examples of how to parent children. 
and you share with them what needs to be shared because whatever it is, it's in the truth. You share the truth with them and you let the consequences follow and you do not get them out of their consequences. If someone ends up going to jail, you let them sit in jail. You do not get them out. If you know that they're there for truthful reasons, like they've done the crime, you let them sit there and you let them go through the system. You want to get that kid or that adult back <laughs> to sanity, back to truth. The only way to invite somebody back into reality is to let them bump around and engage with their consequences. And maybe they'll humble, but you interrupt them, they won't humble. So here this mom is saying, well, I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt. She kind of feigns that she would interrupt by saying, should I butt in? She doesn't want to butt in. She doesn't want to have whatever she's afraid of coming towards her. She doesn't want her son upset. She doesn't want him to, to not be cool at school. I mean, I don't know what all the reasons are, but it's very clear. Because when you're clear about truth, you don't ask permission to butt in. That's your job. That's your job as mom. And as a dad, I'm wondering where the dad is in all of this. Sometimes the moms can't see straight. And so the dads need to say, honey, stand, stand, stand over here. I will take care of this. Because our son is off getting ready to have a train wreck. And for whatever reason, you're not stepping up. And, and I haven't been stepping up as a dad. And so one of us needs to step up. It'd be great if both of us stepped up, but one of us needs to. So this mom is saying, I'm confused. I'm inviting you to not be confused any longer. I'm inviting you to get out of your own fear, which means your own selfishness. And lovingly, which means tell that young man to come sit with you on the couch. And if dad will join you, that's even better. And you and dad talk to him about his choices and about what he's doing and about who he's choosing to spend time with. And that he gets to decide how he's going to conduct his everyday life. And him being depressed is also an outcome of choices that he's made. He doesn't have to stay depressed. What he's saying is, I don't like the outcome of, of not being close to this person. It's like, well, you don't get to control whether that person wants to be close to you. And so you don't get to control that. So why in the world are you staying in a depressed state? You can feel sad about that for a period of time. Great. Take a week and be sad. Now move on, son. You don't get to dictate whether this young woman, this sweetheart of your friend, wants to spend time with you. You get to accept that she doesn't for whatever reason. It's time to move on. So we need parents to step up and start actually talking to their children from birth till the time they die about principles of truth. They need you. You're their only mother. You're their only father. They only have you and you. That's it. Nobody else is going to take your place. And if you shirk your responsibilities, your child, your little child, or your grown child is going to have adverse consequences if you don't step up and invite them to follow the path of truth. Now, are you responsible for whether they follow it? No, you're not. You are responsible to put it out in front of them, though, and invite them to come back to what the reality is and what they actually are choosing and the outcomes that follow. And you're willing to guide them, but you will not interrupt and you will not like intervene on their choices. 
you are going to lovingly give them every consequence, every outcome that their choice has created. And you'll stand on the side and say, yikes, that's a pinchy one. That might be an outcome you have for the rest of your life. I remember a story of somebody, they, they shared how when they were 10 years old, their mother said to them, this, this is way back, like in the 30s, 20s and 30s. This man said he was like 85 years old or 87 years old. He was telling me the story. And he goes, my mother, when I was 10, said to me, I understand you want to go into town. That's fine. But do not take the black horse. They only had one horse that was black. He knew exactly why she told him not to take the black horse. But because he knew better at 10, so he already was selfish, guess which horse he took? He got on the horse bareback and started riding into town. Well, as the story goes, the horse reared up on the train tracks and threw him off. He slid off the back. And he got his foot, his leg caught in the train tracks. As I sat and listened to the story, I was just like, oh, 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 my gosh, and then the train's coming. He's like, no, the train didn't come. But my foot was caught in the train tracks and it, it broke in many places. And it was so badly broken that we had to drive several hours to the nearest city. Now, remember, this is in the 20s and 30s. They didn't have all the technology that they have now to, you know, quasi fix a leg like that. So he goes, my limp I've had since I was 10 years old. And that's how I got it, by disobeying my mother. Or another way to say it is, by disobeying following principles of truth. That was a consequence for not obeying principles of truth. Obeying his mother is a principle of truth. When you're 10, that's a principle, is to be obedient to your mother. Now, if your mother is chaos and your mother's, you know, off in distortion land, then you find someone who speaks truth to you and you obey them. But how sad for that man being 85 years old and he wept as he was telling me that story. I have had this lifelong consequence because of disobedience. And he said to my mother, which was true. But the bigger picture is he was disobedient to truth. And that's very hard to watch your child have consequences that could have been avoided had they just been obedient. So mom, engage with your son and stop pretending like you don't have any culpability here because you do. That boy was sent to you and he's a boy, he's going to become a man and you are responsible to keep your eyes open and your ears peeled the rest of his life. And if you see him doing something goofy or stupid and he's a grown man, then you say, son, can we talk? And you pull him aside and you say, I love you. And I heard you share this, 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 and I'm concerned. Can we talk? And he may say, no, I don't want to talk to you. Then you keep your mouth shut. But at least you were humble and said, I'd like to look at this with you. Are you open? It lets him know that you're, you're present and you're seeing things that he's not. So mom, get going. Dad, get going. Go love that boy and reflect truth to him. And hopefully he will be a humble, he will have a humble nature and he will follow your directions. Thank you for your question. Thank you so much for listening to the Connections podcast today. Share this podcast with your family and friends. 
And if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe to this podcast. You can find on-demand and live training at connectionsclassroom.com to help you create joy in your life and in your relationships. You can also find parenting support in our private Facebook group, Moms of Truth with Jody and Ruby. I'm your host, Jody Hildebrandt, and thank you for listening.